the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen, good morning to you. St. Paul's uh, exhortation this morning is good for me, maybe good for you too. Sometimes, I don't know if you ever feel this way, life just gets so hard and seems to be pressing on so many sides. I stop believing that God loves me. And if I stop believing God loves me, I stop trusting him. And I think St. Paul, he knows. He knows that we're subject to this. He knows that life feels this way many times. And so, he gives us the path. Don't flag in your zeal. Be aglow with the Holy Spirit and serve the Lord. In other words, I think one of the things I have to do is just stay busy. Stay busy serving God. You know, despondency just leaves us flat on our bed, doesn't it? Rejoice in your hope. Even when everything's pressing around, don't we believe that life is going to have a good ending? That God is going to come back and he's going to take us to to himself. And there is heaven and everything will be set right. And we have to keep that in the front of our mind. I do, I do. I'm really talking to me this morning. You just get to listen to my conversation with myself. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Maybe I don't want to practice hospitality. Maybe I want to lay on my bed and feel sorry for myself. Come on, come on and help. This is God telling us to stay busy, to keep moving. You know, when the enemy gets you in in his targets and you're not moving, you're dead. So we have to stay moving. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. So I didn't plan to say any of that, but that hit me this morning. Right here, right between the eyes, and right here. (laughs) The gospel lesson this morning is about two camps. Two camps. St. Nikolai says that Jesus Christ is like a watershed. And wherever he appears, men are immediately divided into two camps. Those who rejoice in good and those who do not. Bang, bang. It's like like a a magnetic force in in the presence of Almighty God. And again... Going back to St. Paul, 
this is when I started paying attention because when I heard this line in St. Paul, it's like, oh, that's what the that's what the sermon's about. Hate what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Hate evil and hold fast to what is good. Those who rejoice in good and those who do not rejoice in good. And so it is today with men as it was in those days when the Lord walked the earth clad in human flesh. Today's gospel gives an account of this fearsome division among men in the presence of the revealer of good, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The Lord reveals His power in these weeks over nature, over demons, over sin and sickness. And St. Nikolai reviews some of the gospel passages that we have heard here. Jesus entered into the ship and passed over and came to his own city. This was after he visited the pagan city of, of Gadara and cast out the demons of the Gadarene demoniac. He got on his, on his boat and went over to the other side to his own city. And St. Nikolai points out that this is the same boat that he was in and saved during the great storm on the sea. And so, in just bang, 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 he shows his power over nature by, by calming the storm. He shows his power over demons by casting the, the legion of demons into the swine. And he shows his power over sin and sickness in healing in forgiving the paralytic sin and in healing his body. So let's take a look at this first camp for a minute. The camp on this side. The scripture verse says, seeing their faith. Seeing their faith, he said unto the paralytic, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins are forgiven. And this is the same story, this is the same story that we read in Lent. It's just from the Gospel of Matthew instead of the Gospel of Mark. When we hear this story in, in, in Lent, it seems more like we're supposed to identify directly with the paralytic in his paralysis, <laughs> you know, and we can do that again today, just like we did in Lent, and should to a certain extent. But when we hear it in the summertime and after Pentecost, we're looking at a, a broader situation of the world, of, of good versus evil, and of the Lord manifesting his power over nature, over demons, over sin and sickness. And so, Seeing their faith. Whose faith? The men who, who brought the paralytic to Jesus. 
The men who climbed up on the roof and cut a hole in the roof and let the, let the paralytic down, seeing their faith, Jesus responded. And we can think of other instances in the scripture where Jesus didn't respond necessarily to that person's faith, but to the faith of those around them. But not only did these men who brought him to Jesus have faith, St. Nikolai points out to us that maybe we can get some clue that, although it doesn't say specifically, that maybe the paralytic had faith too. So I want to read that to you, what he says. It's beautiful. It could have been that the Lord healed a sick man simply on seeing the faith of those who were carrying him, but there are indications that the sick man had faith. Above all, anyone in his right mind, were he to have no faith, would scarcely allow people to drag him across the streets on his bed, even more important, haul him up on top of a roof and let him down the house. But there's one more indication that of the sick man's faith. The Lord used to him the word son. Son, thy sins are forgiven. Isn't that interesting? I love that. And then he points out that when he raised the widow of Nain's son, you remember that st story? The widow of Nain and her son, had only son, had died. And doesn't say she have faith. or you know. I mean, he just had compassion on her. But when he called out, he said, young man, arise. But in this case, he says, son, thy sins are forgiven. And so maybe there is some indication that even the paralytic, himself had faith and was crying out to the Lord Jesus in his heart. All right, let's look at the other camp. Here's the camp of faith, the camp that loves good. Here's the camp that loves evil. St. Nikolai calls these scribes who were standing there listening to Jesus' sermon, his spies, his auditors, and his persecutors. Everyone hates an auditor, don't they? <laughs> For you. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. You know, I mean, just think of it for a, think of it for a second. You know, his auditors. All right, he said this, and he said that, and he said this. And I'm going to persecute him for it. I'm going to spy and I'm going to tell everybody what he said. I'm the, I'm the auditor. So this, these men, St. Nikolai calls them Jesus' auditors. Oh, how measureless is the purity of his thoughts. How inexpressible the beauty of his heart. How lamb-like his meekness. What does he say to them? Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Why are you thinking bad things in your hearts? 
This is all he said. Why don't you think good? Why don't why do you think evil and not good? Why do you look for evil? Why don't you look for good? Why do you rejoice in evil and not in good? Aha, they deserved it, didn't they? Why do you stand beside a spring of clear water and wait for it to turn muddy? Why do you look at the sun and wait for it to be darkened? Rid yourselves of these sick habits and rejoice in the spring's clarity and the sun's light. The Lord doesn't mock them or attack or scold them as an ordinary mortal man would do to his enemies had he succeeded in restoring health to a paralyzed man. Indeed, not the most careful doctor could have addressed his most dangerously ill patients more gently and meek than the gentle Lord addressed these insane persecutors. Wherefore, think ye evils in your heart when you could be thinking good, looking for good, rejoicing in good. I have to repent. What about you? <laughs> The sick habit, the sick habit for looking for evil, thinking of it, repeating it, rejoicing in downfall, auditing. We have to stop. I have to stop. In order to come into this camp, in the camp of faith, the camp that loves good. Finally, the Lord Jesus did all that he did in order and without any omission. It was joy to him to restore both the health of the soul and the body. You know, he said, son, thy sins are forgiven. And then he said, rise, take up your pallet and walk. He therefore healed the soul and then waited for the scribes to do their thing. It actually says that. He healed his, he forgave his sins and then he waited for the scribes to do their thing. He blasphemeth. And then he says, to show you that I have power, to forgive sins, rise, take up your pallet and walk. But he did this to show us the connection between sickness, sin and sickness, to show us the, the prior importance of the soul over the body. First, the sins are forgiven. Second, the body is healed. And to reveal his divine power all the more strongly. And so we can see in our own selves when we're troubled, when we're despondent, 
When we're always thinking evil, looking for evil, feeling evil, what happens? I feel sick. I feel sick in my body. I can feel it in my body. And the Lord shows us that the, that, that, that the, the key to the, to the healing of the body comes first in the soul and in the healing of the soul. By His power and by none other. Do you believe God loves you? <laughs> I do. But I have to say it to myself out loud over and over and over again in troubled times. And this will keep our trust factor glued to him by the help of the Almighty and Holy Spirit whom he has given us.